I'm Helani Ellis, and this is the Exceptional Admins Podcast, where I invite admins, executives, and influencers to come together in an intimate setting. The world for administrative professionals doesn't just involve basic tasks. It includes an array of requests, challenges, and triumphs. During each episode, you'll be a witness to candid conversations and hear and join in on many, many laughs. And for those that know me, it wouldn't be complete without thought-provoking moments. The distinguished guests sharing time with us during each episode believe in the admin profession and have much to contribute to the greater good of executives, their admins, and organizations. Now, let's get to today's topic. Are you at the end of your day and you just wished dinner was taken care of? Do you know someone that could really use a sweet, different gift show up to their doorstep? Well, everyone, I'm here to introduce you to an amazing brand, Spoonful of Comfort. Fantastic story behind the creation of this brand. I'm guilty now of three times ordering from them, as well as using them for special gifts. A really sweet friend of mine who's a CEO and a new mom to baby number two was very excited to open up her special gift. They specialize in soups. They have amazing side extra add-ons. They even have cookies. And this house, the snickerdoodles are our favorite, especially after warming them up. This brand has a lot to offer. And for you guys, Spoonful of Comfort, I've worked with them to get you a coupon code. You'll need to use exceptional admins at checkout and get 15% off. Consider something this time of year that you'd like to send out to just warm someone up. We particularly love the chicken noodle. We also have enjoyed the tomato, which is a fan by my boys. So check them out, spoonfulofcomfort.com and send off a warm, exciting, and delicious gift to someone you know today. What would be some advice you would have given your younger self? Oh, start with a vision, Mish. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I would get stuck in my head about what success looks like, what a title was, or just like in this cycle, sometimes being myself up and not valuing or recognizing the value I brought to others. Welcome everyone to another episode here at Exceptional Admins. I'm very touched and excited about my new relationship with my guests today. I've been looking on LinkedIn and trying to build my network for um, powerhouse administrative professionals. And I'm reaching out to them and asking them, hey, would you be open to a conversation? I'm looking for guests for my show. And my guest today, Michelle, which she likes to go by Mish, Petrescu? Yeah. Okay, good. I got it right. Uh, Is my guest today. And her timeline of her journey in the administrative profession is really awesome. What she's doing now, her title being chief of staff. I'm excited about this, especially since after our first call, she's got great energy. And it was cute when I sort of told her I wanted to do it. She's like, I'm so glad there's a resource like this, be it a podcast. So thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So we're recording this at a distance. We're over Skype, so we're not in person, which I would totally love to have been in person. But we're we're over Skype, um, so if there's any audio technical difficulties, thank you guys for keeping in there. I don't think we'll have an issue, but I'll just announce that now. When I was thinking about spending some time with you uh, and coming together you know, in front of each other, talking about something that's going to really help the audience, I kind of wanted to start with kind of the present and then take a few steps back. 
it will sort of set the stage for several questions I've teed up for spending time with you today. And so let's go within the first question. You know, what is it about your role now that you love? I would say the people. So (laughs) in my role, my team is the executive team. And at their core, they are kind and are pioneering the future of finance and cryptocurrency. And I have a front row seat when they fail and need some help up or when they succeed. And I get to be like bursting with pride. I'm like, they did it. (laughs) (laughs) And every step of that way, I'm contributing to that success and oftentimes a change agent to that success, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. And the company that you're with today and your background leading up to it, let's talk a little bit about your career journey, right? Like where did you start in your career? What put you in the place that you're at today, which was a really powerful lead in on what you get to do, helping them pioneer their mission. So tell us kind of your personal, your, your career journey. Oh, that's a great question. So I started out, um, in college, exploring an engineering degree in water and wastewater resources, right? Like if you looked at my LinkedIn, it says chief of staff in this cryptocurrency industry, but why does she have a degree in water and wastewater? <laughs> um, so, so as I started out my career and I joined companies um, specifically in water, I noticed that I was good at connecting points and connecting people and helping people get what they need to get done and crossing things off, getting to-do list through whatever it is, just operationally, I found my strength. And so as I dug into that, and as I dug into the culture aspect as well and how passionate I was about that, I found that maybe my fit wasn't engineering or water and wastewater. And instead it's you know an admin professional, HR, people ops, all those kind of different things, especially at a startup that you get to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I you know, went through my career journey, I ended up in San Francisco, actually, because my husband got transferred over there. And I was at a startup called Bitnami. And I truly understood what it was like to help a company succeed, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, in mm-hmm. my, like, I really dug into like, hey, everything that I do, like from the mistakes that I made or the suggestion I had, had an impact on the business. And so I continued that path. And now I'm over here at Shapeshift and a chief of staff. Love it. I love the team I work with. Love my role. I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine doing anything else. It's like sometimes when you're in that perfect position, mm. you think of like what you were born to do, right? Oh, like yes. this, this is it. Love it. Love it. When you think about your journey and sort of your younger self starting out your career and you kind of touched on it for a moment with kind of coming to the realization that maybe that wasn't the path you should be traveling, what would be some advice you would have given your younger self? Oh, start with a vision niche. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think I would get stuck in my head about what success looks like, what a title was, or and just like in this cycle, sometimes being myself up and not valuing or recognizing the value I brought to others. And mm-hmm. I mean, I still do that at this, you know, at this time. Sure. I had a call with my CFO the other day, second guessing some decision, and he, you know, constantly reminds me that I don't realize how much influence I do have at Shapeshift. 
Mm, which I, which mm-hmm. I love when he does. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, it comes from a good place, right? You don't want to overstep. You want to make sure if you're going to use your confident voice, which we'll be getting to that in a little bit, that confidence is an ability to be that change agent. I want to go to that change agent. You had mentioned that a couple times already now and during our last two touch points leading up to this recording change agent. I was like, well, first off, that's going to be the name of your episode. And two, what a beautiful way to highlight what you're doing. So walk us through, you know, really when that maybe in, uh, came into your vocabulary, when you sort of realized that that was how you were going to represent the impact that you have. Yeah. Um, so great question. So have you ever talked to your executive or your leader in the company to only find him or her repeating that very thing you said in a leadership meeting or in some sort mm. of communication to the rest of the company? And you you start to realize, like, part of it's like, man, they're taking their words, but your words are making something happen. And I was actually talking to someone about this. I was like, oh, man, like, you know, Eric, our CEO, he just said something that, like, I said in our one-on-one. And it's so <laughs> exciting. They're like, well, Nisha, you're a change agent. And I was like, what, is, what do you mean? And they started out by telling me, like, I'm the glue that keeps everything together. Mm-hmm. But really, you know, a, a change agent is a champion in that enables and supports changes that need to be made in the company. Like we're always connecting what's disconnected and trying to be a positive force and mm-hmm. find where the team, you know, isn't communicating. Or this is a really good one too: being vulnerable when no one else wants to be. Oh, that's that's like my a, favorite. Oh. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. So like you're you're that person who's asking that question, that clarifying question a lot of the time that no one else wants to because they don't want to admit that they don't know the answer or maybe that, you know, they're like afraid. So when you're vulnerable, you can be a change agent because it starts that conversation. Mm-hmm. Oops, yeah. So anyone that's listening that knows me, they're like, yeah, that's totally resonating with Halani, which is a large reason why I've been reflecting a lot in the last few weeks of I took this risk and this leap and this leads me into my next question. And you just touched on it. So great segue. You know, looking in and and seeing, like, taking this risk of being here on this podcast, showing a sense of vulnerability, talking about certain personal things, you know, hoping that it touches everyone that listens. Uh, But it comes down to taking a risk, you know, having a pulse on things, both operations and the leaders, as you've just pointed out, you know, how should an assistant take advantage of this to push them to take those risks, which you spoke on vulnerability. If you want to expand on that, awesome. But I've parked that because I know I want to touch on that a little bit more. So how do you, first off, confidence is an ability that can be gained. I believe you. And I agree with you on that. How can we encourage an assistant to, or push the assistant to recognize, to take that risk for your point, speak up. Yeah, speak up is is a big one. And check in with your executive's vision constantly, your leadership vision, you know, vision for the company, vision for the culture, vision for you as their assistant. When you're aligned with those things, your power and your influence will increase. Your confidence will increase because you're aligned with everything that they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, filter through a lot of noise. I think sometimes we get caught up in noise, right? Like, we're hearing it from all different sides. You're at that seat, you're, you're that gatekeeper and you're hearing all these things and you have to filter through it. And that'll help you take risks too. And you, you start to stress out about those things. And once you know what's important, what's not, you kind of gain, again, more confidence in taking risks and making decisions and speaking up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, you know, recognize success 
and what that measurement is to you and to your executive. Yeah, and you touched on that, and I wanted to, I'll, I'll jump ahead to that question because it's so beautiful what, that you've just said it. <laughs> a lot of people that I talk to, especially executives, when I'm doing an open search with them and helping them, Helani, how do we measure the success? W- what are sort of the metrics for recognizing, you know, what success looks like? We can have a sense of success, like the checking off the boxes of our to-do list, You mentioned it on one of the calls, which is why I wanted to make sure to spend some time on it. Walk me through your philosophy for measuring success as an admin. Yeah, this is like you said, this is a really good one for admins because some of those performance reviews can be really awkward, right? Like Mm -hmm. your boss is like, thank you for being amazing. And you're like, (laughs) like, how? Like, because even within yourself, you want those metrics. Like, how are you measuring how amazing I am? And you see that in other parts of the orgs too, right? Like you hear it every day, like engineering made that deadline and marketing increased our user base and customer support got this rating. Uh And like, there'll be like a launch too, like a successful launch and everyone's mentioned and you're like, Hey, like you didn't see like all the things (laughs) I did over here, you know, mile long to do list or whatever it is. Like I tackled all these things and helped get this out the door. And it's, it's it right there. Like executives and admins should measure the success by the efficiency or the movement of things across the org. Like things mm-hmm. are going well, you don't have any headaches. That's a big success. My mm-hmm. actually, I have a really good story about this. So every year, my CEO he gives me a shout out on my anniversary, and his favorite memory of me is my first week when I got us a filtered water cooler. I know that's <laughs> yeah. really really silly, but we were 13 people in a basement and we had poor water, like water quality. It was before our series A and he walked in and I had gotten this water cooler and he said, this is the first decision I didn't have to be a part of or make for the company. Oh my God. And so <laughs> that is so powerful and so that's powerful. what we should be doing. Right. And that's where with the voice that we have and to your point, rolling up to some answer you gave a moment ago, just like having building that confidence and recognizing and being in alignment with a leadership. It is where and I think you and I touched on this on our very first call and we both laughed simultaneously. We are not just an assistant. And if we continue to throw that word just in front of our title, then you might as well throw that in your title and your signature. And you're like, I wouldn't do that. Well, then don't act like that. Don't don't have that word just in there. There is opportunity now to pause for many of those that may be rolling their eyes and saying, well, I don't have such flexibility like she does. I think taking micro steps. And so let's park on confidence for a moment. My philosophy and you wrote this on the intake form and I read it a minute ago. I'll read it again. Confidence in ability to be that change agent. I believe that everyone's saying, get confident, become confident. And I'm like, well, where are the action steps? Where are sort of the tools? And you've touched on it just beautifully. In order to speak up in a meeting, in order to make an executive decision, like buying filtered water in your first week on the job, is recognizing In order to be able to have that voice, which ultimately voice is speaking up, it's connected to confidence. Do I know what I'm talking about? Clearly, you knew making that executive decision for water was a huge benefit. And you were obviously going to be cost conscious. We all like to have that in our wheelhouse as admins. 
and you were like, well, we need the water. We need to hydrate. We're in the basement. There's also less oxygen down here, right? Are we going to drink, you know, pour water? It's a plus. There's an advantage. Confidence comes from understanding how you're going to communicate, how you're going to speak up. And it's because you've done your research or you've asked the questions to be in alignment. Um, and you've also filtered out the noise, which I like that you talked about. Tell me your philosophy around confidence. That's a good one. It com- Confidence is hard. Like you said, you you build it up. And a lot of it is with trust. Like you get more confident the more that you trust your C and the more you see that they trust you. Mm-hmm. And you build it up by allowing yourself to fail as well, right? Yeah. Like if, if you never, yes, yeah, right. Like if you never yeah. fail, then you can't build yourself up, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it might hurt our egos, or it might even hurt our confidence in the moment. But you mm-hmm. you grow from that, and growth can be uncomfortable. Yeah. And it can shake you, yeah. but you grow from those those moments. Mm-hmm. I interviewed another guest, and she said, with little effort, there's little outcome. Ooh, that's a good one. With little effort, there's little outcome. So if you're not making the effort and you're not taking those micro risks and the micro risks might be saying, I'd like to listen in on that meeting. You don't have to do anything, but you're just there and you're learning the voice of some of the other leaders. You're taking down notes. You're showing that, Hey, you're a good note taker. That's taking a step into being more involved. Like those little micro risks that maybe don't put you on quote the stage in front of the microphone to speak without having done your research to be able to speak just sort of, Hey, can I work on that PowerPoint before you do? I believe I know enough information. I'll get it farther along without you having to worry and knowing that you're obviously going to excel at that. Right. And just kind of to your point, them being able to avoid having to do extra work that yes, could be busy work. I was working regularly on our quarterly, um, I've forgotten what they're called now, uh, quarterly reporting for our investors. And I looked at them before the executive did, but I was also the last stop before my executive where everyone in the financial department was working on them because I was able to look at it through the voice and the lens of how my executive wanted to represent them. I saved him hours looking at these 16 different, probably 10 page deep documents. I was also finding errors because I was a fresh set of eyes, right? I wasn't in accounting. And I finally spoke up one day and said, I want to do that. He's like, okay, great. You're going to save me time. So confidence comes from also taking risks. Uh, do you have a funny story where you maybe made a mistake at the office? This is just an on the fly question. I didn't prep this yeah. in advance. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. I can think of so many different mistakes (laughs) to the point of, you know, making a mistake and, and, uh, learning from it as you were just mentioning. Oh yeah. Um, there, sorry. I know I put you on the spot. No, you're good. I am just thinking of like, what's a really good one where it just, you know what? That is a really good one. Speaking of quarterly investor reports, so I'm in okay. charge of those now at our company, right? Uh-huh. And sometimes, like, you are almost, like, in charge of everything. Like you said, like, you're getting the information from the finance team. You're putting it together. You're mm-hmm. you're making it pretty. Well, sometimes people trust you as if they, like, trust the other person just as much as they trust the other person, right? So right. I got the information from the CFO and I put it there and they asked me questions. I I can't exactly like remember what it was, but it was to the, to the fact that like there was something that was not correct and Mm -hmm. people trusted me that it was correct. 
oh, right? No. They're like, yeah. okay, like Mish, yep, that's She's what got financials it. look yeah. like. You yeah. know, and I like pulled it from like the CFO's drive or whatever, just doing quickly knocking it out. Yeah. And I didn't verify that that was like completed full on end of quarter, close the books, we're good numbers. And right. the CEO trusted that was the numbers. And so <laughs> when the CFO got that investor report, like the good thing it was right before it was sent out, he was like, why is this number here? Uh-huh. Like, this does not make sense. <laughs> like, what is this? And so it was like a really good lesson to learn of like, even though, you know, you get in a flow and you get so yeah. good at your job, just like verify with, with stuff like that. Yeah. And it's great for verify because for the sake too, going back to confidence, when you show that you're verifying, when you're showing up in a, a bit of a position of vulnerability, hey, I believe I did really great work, but I want to make sure because this represents the company that I did it right. You're making a connection point. You're building confidence because you're building relationships with people and having that kind of to your word verify shows up to the others like, oh, okay, like she's she's got the company's uh, presence in the primary view so that she can make sure that, you know, we don't send the wrong information out. I love that. Verify is great. So another question I had written down here, which I think is a great segue from what we're kind of talking about with confidence and, and just being that change agent and, and starting to find your voice to step up and speak up and get involved to the point of you being a chief of staff now. Oftentimes admins, you know, get in their own way. And uh, you and I were talking about this on our last call, which was my theme word for 2020. And wow, is it paying off? You know, what thoughts come to mind as it relates to giving yourself some grace and allowing yourself to, quote, fall down and fail to have the opportunity to learn? Yeah, I actually have a sign on my desk that literally says that it says grace. And Mm -hmm. it reminds me every day to, like, look at it and give myself grace because a lot of the times, like as assistants, we're natural people pleasers, right? Like we're, yep. we're trying to make everyone happy and we forget about ourselves. And we go home at night literally thinking about all the work that needs to be done or like very small mistake that literally no one else is thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> and like kind of before we learn in these moments in growth, it can be uncomfortable, but give yourself grace because it's good. Uncomfortable mm-hmm. is good and it'll grow your confidence and your ability to do your job. Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is allowing yourself to make mistakes. And I remember in the beginning of my career, I made a lot of them and it's a matter of also slowing down. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is one thing that, you know, I'm very guilty of is that I have my to-do list. They keep me sane. And sometimes I will want to check something off and I'm not very thoughtful about it in that moment. Or I don't mm-hmm. review it enough times or whatever it is. And, you know, you've, you've got to do that. You got to slow down. And it actually improves your your people relationship as well. I think that's mm. some of more of more of the, they call them soft skills, right? Like the softer lessons I learn aren't necessarily about, you know, what I'm doing, but how I'm doing it, how I'm interacting with the executive or the staff or, or whoever it is. I've learned so much about my interaction my ability to to talk to people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know tell me some yeah sorry I was gonna say something that I'm working on right now and we actually just did a revamp of our core values which has been awesome and one of them now is being kind and oh. we we like to say like not nice right because being sure. nice 
isn't like necessarily sharing feedback, right? You're like hiding it from someone almost, or like someone Mm. leaves the room and they, they think that they did like a really good job on something and they're like confused, (laughs) but like saying it in a kind way. And that's so important. The lead in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The lead in. The the assistant and executive relationship is so important there. There's been times where I can tell my executives being nice to me. And I'm like, can you just tell me how to do better? Like, stop. Right. Yeah. Cut it out. Just cut, get to cut to the chase. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's interesting. And for the work that I've been able to see over the years with placing people together, it starts with communication, which then sets up for confidence in your role, which then sets up to earning the trust, which then sets up to respect. One winds up tackling and, and connecting into the other. And I hear often, well, my executive doesn't respect me. My executive doesn't trust me. And I have been very, to your word, kind in saying, are you doing enough to earn that? Are you showing up in a way that gets the chance to work? on that trust. It is sometimes given freely at the beginning, but then you're given just enough, but then you've got to keep going and got to keep going to grow onto that. Um, another thought that I had was, you know, explaining to the listeners, you know, to take on being a strategic value add. And we've talked about it quite actually a bit here of just the value and the weight of our role. When you think about that, is there a tip and a strategy that you personally use that would be great for other admins to think to apply to their day to day, whether it's to your point of efficiencies, what would a tip be? Yeah, I would say, you know, find the weak points of the companies and the strong points, right? Not Mm -hmm. just the weak points, but the strong ones. Find their triggers, find your executive's triggers, whatever it is, and expand on those. And, you know, make the stronger points stronger and the weaker points. Go away. Go away. Exactly. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah. It's kind of funny, like um, that strategic value add. Mm -hmm. When you're at a company and you're in this position, uh, sometimes people call you by your name. They don't say like, hey, like so-and-so's EA or so-and-so's chief of staff. They call you by your name. So like Shapeshift has a niche. They don't have yeah. a chief of staff, which is really funny. So you, in that, when you're like described as that, it's almost that strategic value add description right there. Mm-hmm. Like they added a niche. They didn't add just, you know, you know like. Yeah, I, I totally hear you. We add the person first and the title is secondary. And I've actually said this a couple other times, not on any other podcast. This will probably be the first time I say it is a company has a problem, which is why there's an open seat. And they need to discover, is Mish the solution to that problem? That problem happens to also have a title based on an organizational structure. They're not looking for a chief of staff. They're looking for a Mish. They're looking for a Halani. They're looking for a Leah. And so in order to figure out, is Mish the solution that fills the seat that happens to be titled a chief of staff? Is she our person? Then that makes sense. So I actually love how you put that together. And I love how you're mentioning, you know, finding the triggers. I always knew when my executive was going to be hangry. I always really got that one buttoned up real fast (laughs) in the beginning of the day. Um, Do you have any closing thoughts or wisdom that you'd like to share here at the end with our guests, our listeners? Um, I have a, let's see, I would say be adaptive and not just Mm -hmm. to adapt, but positively adapt. There's so many people around us that are watching our reactions to change or pivot or to how our executives are doing. And it's sometimes more than we, you know, we realize. So 
not adapt, but positively adapt. And then of course, follow your gut. Um, oftentimes it's right. And a lot of that building confidence is sharing what's in your gut, whether mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I know that trigger gut feel or like, mm-hmm. hey, there's something that's going on gut feel and I should bring up whatever that is, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm, I love it. I'm so thrilled that we finally scheduled this. We've sat here and had this wonderful conversation for others to be able to sort of sit back and join us on. And I'm so grateful that you were open and confident to come with me onto this episode to share your wisdom and your experiences. Thank you so much for spending time with me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for having me. I love this. This is a great resource and community. Thank you. I don't even know where to begin. We covered so much thought provoking laughter and just great conversation. Remember, you're the reason you get up every day and work as hard as you do. Do things for you, your executive and your organization. And remember, it's all worth it.